Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, God, just as we sung, just how great you are, God. God, we thank you for the cross, and we thank you for the price that you paid for us. God, we love you. We praise you, God. We honor you. God, I just ask that you'll be with Brother Lee as he brings your word this morning. God, just help us to hear what it is you want us to hear. God, we love you, we praise you, and we give you the glory. It's in your name. Amen. The lesson for today is from Psalm 23, the 23rd Psalm. Psalm 23. So, probably the question would be, who's not having COVID fatigue? Right? I'm sure everyone is having some COVID fatigue, and now... We're going through election fatigue. There's school fatigue. We've had some families this week even that their child was exposed at school. Doesn't mean they have it. Just means they were exposed to it. And now they're on the lockdown, the dreaded lockdown. So that's really adding a lot of stress to people's lives. Not only the COVID, the election, but the family life is, is very difficult. Businesses are having a hard time. Um, and now we, here in our congregation, we have, um, we've been hit with illness that is very difficult to deal with. It's very difficult to deal with because of the illness and what our, what some of our families are going through, not just the families, just not the one that's ill, but also, you know, friends and family and uh, one of the most frustrating things is not to be able to care for him well, you know. Um, we can't go see him. We can't, we can't hug their necks. Uh, we can't go clean their house. We can't go mow their yard, you know. We can't do the things that we would normally do because of this COVID thing, and it adds a lot of fatigue. I, I must admit, uh, uh, here lately when when some of our loved ones are having surgeries, I, I just have a lot of stress that I can't go to the hospital. And, and when I hear about uh, the difficulties uh, people are having in the hospital today, not being able to see anyone, only seeing one family member all day long, well, that's very difficult. That means the kids aren't able to go see, their family's not able to go see them. You know, you got to decide which person is going to be the one that can go in and and see them and so you know that's all day long I, I i can't think of anything more difficult than that especially added to the fact that they're lonely they're isolated and they're struggling with an illness that um, you know could be difficult could be uh painful and all those kind of things and no one's there to hold him up i think about moses when his hands were held up when uh, they were fighting the Egyptians and let his hands come down. The Egyptians would start winning and they would lift his hands back up and the Israelites would begin to win. And that's just symbolism of we need people to help us be victorious in life and to, to work through troubles and trials and you know difficulties. And uh, because of our situation, we're just not able to do that. Uh, God's, God's pattern is for people to help people. That's the way he does it. 
First Corinthians, Second Corinthians tells us that God is the God of all comfort, and He comforts people that have gone through a similar hurt and pain, and they go through that hurt and pain so they can help other people. And and we all the the ways that we know to help people are uh, they've been uh, hijacked, and so it's hard, and so there's fatigue. If, if you are overwhelmed with fatigue, you may be chronically tired and sleepy all the time. You may be having some headaches. You may be experiencing that. You might experience some dizziness because of the overwhelming fatigue. You might have some sore and achy muscles. Your reflexes and your responses may be slower. Your muscle is not as, as strong because of the fatigue that you go through. You might be experiencing some impairment in decision-making and judgment. If you found yourself here lately not as quick to decide things and choose things and say, you know, I, I never really used to have that problem. I used to be able to make a decision, stay with it, and move forward. And if you're having trouble doing that, it could be an overwhelming uh, fatigue that you're experiencing. Uh, irritable, being irritable can be a sign that fatigue is overwhelming you. Appetite loss or gain. Reduced immune system. Reduced immune system. I've thought a lot about the immune system and we gotta have strong immune systems, I guess, to fight this virus. And, but if you put people in a place where they're really stressed out and they have great fatigue, what's that doing to their ability to handle this virus? It's a very difficult thing. Blurry vision, short-term memory issues, poor concentration, even hallucinations, reduced ability to pay attention, and low motivation are all symptoms of a heightened fatigue in your life. The 23rd Psalm is a masterpiece. The 23rd Psalm is one of the best pieces of literature there is in the world. And it comes from David, who had gone through a whole lot. David had his training as a shepherd out in the fields. And before he met Goliath, he was a shepherd. He spent most of his time. He was the youngest in his family, and so he did most of the shepherding work. A shepherd was lonely work. A shepherd was isolation. But as a shepherd, you learn sheep. As a shepherd, you learn how to handle sheep. You learn how to protect sheep. You learn how to provide for sheep. You learn how to lead sheep. And so David's, uh, King David's uh, time with sheep, learning to be a shepherd, I think allowed him to have an experience with the Lord that let him deal with Goliath and allowed him to deal with Saul and allowed him to deal with Amnon and Tamar in that terrible situation, allowed him to deal with his mistakes, you know, Uriah, Bathsheba, uh, the loss of their child. Um, you think about his difficulty with Absalom. What a difficult, difficult thing that was for David uh, to have Absalom turn on him. Uh, David was not a perfect man. David had lots of issues. And I would imagine that towards the end of David's life, and we learn that uh, he was old and feeble and was cold all the time and and you remember they found a young gal to come and, and, and keep him warm uh, because of he was unable, I just imagined, uh, unable to stay comfortable and unable to stay warm. And I can just imagine 
that all the things that David went through, I'm sure his, his body showed signs of that. David went through lots of stress, lots of turmoil, lots of difficulty. He did not have an easy life. But out of that difficult life, you have his understanding of the Lord in the 23rd Psalm. So let's look at it. Let's apply it. Let's walk away today saying, I am going to live out that 23rd Psalm. The first verse says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We could really just camp on that all day long. The Lord. The Lord, the commander, the master, the one of all authority, the king. The Lord is... And so he had a recognition, he had a working understanding that the Lord is. The Lord is the provider, he is the guide, the Lord is the teacher, the Lord is the comforter, he is the rescuer, he is the savior, he is the Lord. He's the one that knows everything, he's the one that sees everything, he's the one that hears everything, He's the one that knows the future. He's the one that understands the hurts and the pains of our past. He's the one that can mend broken hearts. He's the one that understands fatigue. He's the one that understands brokenness. The Lord is. The Lord is. He is. He is real. He is in place. He is on his post. He is in heaven uh, in the place of all authority. He says, the Lord is my, my personal. David had grown to the point that he understood that the Lord is his shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Personal, not distant, not far away, not just dealing with the masses, not just dealing with the world situation, but personal with David, personal with us. The Lord is my shepherd. David understood that to be true. So the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my guide. He is my comfort. He is my leader. He is he's my, my director. And so that's the understanding that David had. So just let that sink in for a moment. The Lord is my shepherd. Memorize that. Let that sink into your heart. Let that just kind of marinate for a while. The Lord is my shepherd. He protects me. The shepherd would be the one that would keep the wolves away. He would keep the coyotes away. The Lord is my shepherd. When the sheep would get too close to the edge of a cliff, the shepherd would recognize that and would be able to go and use his staff and correct the path of the sheep and get them where they need to be. When, when, the, when the sheep were, were heading in the wrong direction, the shepherd would know that and would, would steer them off and he would call them back and they would turn and listen to his voice and follow him and go the way they need to go. That's David's understanding of his shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He says, I shall not want. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have all, of the, all that I need. I have all that I need. I shall not want. Verse 2, he says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. 
And so once again, he meets all our needs. What does that sheep, what does that sheep most require? The sheep most requires some green grass and some good drinking water. If he has some good grass and some good drinking water, he's going to make some good wool. He's going to have, he's going to be productive. He's going to do what he's called to do. He, and so all the things that we need to live for the Lord is provided by the Lord. And so the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now he leads the sheep to green pastures. Now, Think about that in the setting of, of the Middle East, in a place where it's desert, it's, it's dirt, it's rocks. You know, it's, it's, it's just, you got to know where the green grass is. You got to know what valley has not been eaten. You got to know which valley has a good grass on it. Always looking ahead, always making decisions. And, and sheep are, are really difficult to deal with. They're, they're, they're jittery. They, they hear a noise and off they run and they're scared to death and they're just, they're just nuts. They're crazy animals to deal with. The idea that the shepherd could take the sheep to a green pasture and the sheep would be so secure in the shepherd's care that the sheep could lie down in the green field. They could rest. Only the Lord gives that. And so if you're overwhelmed with, with fatigue and concern and difficulties and pain, man, the, 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 the ability to lie down in green grass, just translating that to your own life. For the sheep, that means that sheep was absolutely secure in the shepherd's hands. And the only way you and I are going to be able to handle all the difficulties the world is going to deal us and we're going to experience is when we recognize that just like that sheep can rest in the care of the shepherd, we have got to come to the place where we recognize the Lord is my shepherd. He is the Lord and He is my shepherd. He's strong enough. He's able. He can meet all the challenges that I face. He can provide the rest for me. And we can lay down in that green grass. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Just still water. Just tranquil. Nothing in that water that would spook the sheep. You know, there's not winds, not blowing. It's not, it's not uh, having a bunch of ripples out there. Just a soothing drink to replenish the sheep's life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And now he turns into the second, into second person here. Look in verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Man, all the times that David needed to have his soul restored. All the sin, all the mistakes, all the hurt that he inflicted on people. All the pain that David caused. All the pain that David experienced. The, the difficulty of David being betrayed by his own family. The difficulties David experienced being betrayed by people in his inner circle as the king, 
had to weigh a heavy uh, burden on David. But David had experienced the Lord was his shepherd. He's the restorer of people's souls. He mends the broken hearts. He puts broken lives back together. That's what our shepherd does. That's what our Lord does. And he said, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. As we follow him, as we recognize that he is the Lord and he is my shepherd, he, he takes us down the right road, leads us in the path of righteousness for his namesake. And then verse 4, David experienced. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so for David, he, he knew what it was like to walk through the, the bottom of those mountains and through the real small passageways. And he understood what it's like to walk around a sharp bend in all those passageways and it's dark around the corner. You can't see. And so David had learned, he had grown to the place in his life that he recognized that death was a shadow. Death was a shadow. Think about a shadow. You know, we got some shadows back here. Got the cross making a shadow. Some of these stands are making a shadow. I guess if I was to get in the right place, you know, I might be able to make a shadow. A shadow can't hurt anybody. You ever, you ever thought about that? Shadows don't hurt people. Shadows don't have the ability to punch anybody. And he, 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 he puts us in the context here of understanding death from the perspective, the Lord is my shepherd. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So from the perspective of the Lord, death is but a shadow. Why is that? Because the Lord is the, he is the Lord of death. Our shepherd's the one that has conquered death. And for us, death is merely a, transi a transition from here to there. And something else about death that I think is important for us to keep in mind, a lot, of, a lot of people blame God for when we lose loved ones, right? A lot of people go through a lot of anger in that grief, and, and they say, why did God do this? Why has he caused this kind of pain? But, but have you ever thought about it? If, if you had God's eyes, and if, if you knew what he knew, and if you could see what he could see in heaven, if you had the understanding that God has about what eternity is going to be like for his people, I, I think it would diminish that blame. It help us to go from his perspective. He, God looks at this and says, you just won't believe what's here. I mean, death is but a shadow. And, and we have provided an unbelievable eternity for his loved ones. And so from God's perspective, when we're going, why did this death happen? Why, God, did you allow that to happen? From, from God's perspective, he knew he understood. Maybe he was, he was releasing people from pain. Maybe he's releasing people from, from just experiences that would be more so difficult to bear. 
But from God's perspective, looking at heaven, look what he's got for you. And so David had grown to the place in his life that he understood that death was but a shadow and there was no fear because he knew that the Lord, the shepherd, would comfort him. He says in verse 5, You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. One of his enemies was Saul. He had the Philistines were enemies. He had enemies with inside the court. He had enemies in his own family. And people were always after him. And, and David had grown to the place in his life where he realized the Lord was his shepherd, was going to meet all our needs. He says, in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. You bless me in the presence of my enemies. My enemies have not been able to discount the fact that you have always had your hand on me and you have guided me and you have protected me and you have nurtured me through all these difficulties in life. That's what David is saying here. And he says, my cup overflows. And so, so here in the 23rd Psalm, David is having experience with the Lord that he can't contain when he considers how the Lord has cared for him with his enemies and blessed him and worked in his life. And, he, and the cup just overflowed. More joy than he could hold on to, more love than he could hold on to, more power than he could manage. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down on green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And then in verse 6, he finishes with this. Surely. It makes just perfect sense to him now. Surely. He can see it. He can understand it. He says, I have no other explanation for the goodness of God. I, when the Lord is my shepherd, surely. You've got to understand, it's got to make perfect sense. He, it makes crystal clear uh, sense to him at this point. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Because the Lord is so good, he can't lose. Because the Lord is so capable, even though he goes through hard times, God is going to have enough power to, to walk through those difficult times with him. Surely, as I weigh everything, David is saying, as I look at everything, as I consider everything, as I evaluate everything, the only observation I can make is, surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And then he concludes with, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, how do we apply this? 
what do we do? Well, by faith, accepting, trusting in His Word, we begin by acknowledging the Lord is my shepherd. And since He is our shepherd, here's the result of Him being our shepherd. I shall not want. He is going to provide all that I need. Green grass and still water. I'm going to have all the grass and all the water I need from a sheep's perspective. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He is going to restore my soul and He is going to lead me down the right paths, down the right roads. He's going to take care of me. Because the Lord is my shepherd, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I do so with no fear. Why do I not have fear? Because the Lord is with him. That's his understanding. I can face uncertain days because my Savior lives. And he says, because the Lord is my shepherd... Man, even when I face my enemies, even when my nemesis were just so difficult on me, you prepared a table before my enemies and you anointed me with oil. You demonstrated that you were the Lord in the face of my enemies. Man, I, I can't contain what I feel for you, God. My cup overflows. And he says, as I weigh all this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. As I consider that, I'm just overwhelmed with the understanding. Surely, surely my life is going to be one with the Lord's presence. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of life. And I have the great hope of knowing that I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. And so it begins with, the Lord is my shepherd. To receive that, to believe that, to trust that, to go, man, like David, I've been through a lot. Like David, I've had some enemies. Like David, I've had some challenges. Like David, I've been betrayed. Like David, I've been hunted. I've had enemies. Like David, I've had, I've had sorrows. I've lost loved ones. Like David, I've, I've faced some pains that, that just were more than I could bear. But to go, but the Lord is my shepherd. I have a new day. I have hope. And my cup overflows. And I'm just going to transition from fatigue, from concern, from worry, from, from despair, from, from all these things, and I'm just going to trust in Him and let His power regenerate my life. Father, we just come before Your presence today recognizing, Lord, that You are Almighty, recognizing with David that You are the Lord, that You, you have always been and You will always be, you are our Savior. You are our provider. You're our comforter. You are the Lord. There's no one beyond you and no one above you. You are our master. You're our shepherd. 
You direct our paths. You stand before us and our enemies. You demonstrate your power to our enemies. And Lord, you have provided a place for us. And Lord, we just trust and we believe and we just know that we will dwell in your house forever. So Lord, we rejoice in you today. Father, I pray for our country. I pray, Lord, for the election process. We pray, God, your will be done, as you've said in your word. But Lord, we just pray, Father, for those who want to harm other people, for those, Lord, who want to destroy people's property. We just pray, God, that you will intervene. And Lord, some, some way, somehow, people will know that you are the Lord and you are on your throne and you are in charge. In Jesus' name, amen.